the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What do you mean, how could a God love do that? He came to this world to die for you so that you don't have to die. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with Pastor Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Today we're going to be all over the Bible here, starting in John chapter 12. And in the light of being Passion Week, we're going to look at this title, Celebrations Never Last. Have you ever been looking forward to a special celebration, a day that you've set aside, a day that you've marked on your calendar, you set it in your phone, you you put in for time off? Of course you have. We all have. It's for birthdays, anniversaries, special get-togethers, vacations, going to a Laker game. Uh, Well, actually, we haven't done that for a while since COVID hit. Yes, in times of celebration, that's when we're anticipating a really good time. Maybe you get excited for other things like going you know, out to eat, although that's been put off for a while. Though restaurants here in California are slightly opening. Or what about taking a drive up the coast? We have that advantage here in Southern California. Or if you're like my wife, you know what she looks forward to? She looks forward to a nice dessert. Chocolate, I guess you could say. Yes, we all like to look forward to different things in life. And celebrating is something that we all like to do. Anything from a wedding to a job promotion. But they don't always work out like planning secret celebrations. You ever planned a secret celebration for a loved one? And as the day neared, your heart grew with excitement. Yet when it finally came, it wasn't what you anticipated. It didn't work out at all like you planned. Instead of a celebration, it was more like a glorious letdown as you walked away with regret and total disappointment. I think we've all had celebrations turn sour on us uh, where it just didn't work out. Like when Janet Smith really wanted to impress her conservative, staunch father-in-law-to-be. So she hosted a small surprise birthday party for him at her home. Everything was perfect. The decorations, the dinner, the conversation, until they brought out the birthday cake. Janet picked it up at the bakery and didn't look at it. It was already boxed up. And when they opened it in front of her father-in-law-to-be, it read, Happy birthday, you little hottie. Oops, it was the wrong Smith, wrong cake. (laughs) Yes, there are times in life when our plans don't seem to work out. Like when we planned, and that's the case that we had 2,000 years ago. Yes, the celebration just didn't last. 
We're going to consider that here today when we look at this first point here, gathering to celebrate. Let me read to you what happened in John twelve twelve. It says, On the next day, the great multitude who came to the feast, what feast? Well, all of Israel poured into what? Jerusalem. Why? Because the feast, what feast? The Passover feast. And so they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. And they took branches of the palm trees and they went out to meet him. And they began to cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus, finding a young donkey, sat on it, As it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. Yes, without question, this was a day of incredible celebration. Has there ever been a day like this since the beginning of all humanity? When Jesus Christ, the God-man, came riding into Jerusalem. Know this, the Jewish people didn't have much to celebrate until this moment right here. And why is that? Because every single one of them had been born under the heavy hand and rule of the Roman Empire. Not one of them had ever known real and true freedom. I wonder if they didn't think that all the stories of their past, of the Jews ruling and reigning and their own country and government, didn't seem like nothing more than a bunch of old fairy tales. Even hearing how God delivered his people through men like Moses or how God led his people into the promised land. Or what about God using David, the young little shepherd boy, to slay the giant named Goliath, then allowing David to conquer his ten thousands? Or what about Elijah calling fire down on Mount Carmel? Are the hundreds of other miracles and miraculous stories recorded in the Bible, God's holy word? Yes, they must all seem like nothing more than bedtime stories to many of them. Remember, at this point, God had not spoken through a prophet to his people. Forget this. Almost 420 years, ever since the Old Testament prophet Malachi. That was the last book of the Torah, the Old Testament as we know it. So at this point, here, with Jesus riding into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, God, again, hadn't spoken a word for all those years. Again, 400-plus years of total and complete silence from heaven. And just like we do today, we have kings and political leaders. They had those through all those 400 years of silence. And all those kings and political leaders, what did they do? Well, again, like today, they made great claims and promises that they had all the answers, and they tried to do it without God. They tried to legislate a better way, again, without God, a way that allowed the people to do, well, whatever they wanted to do without adhering to the commandments or the statutes of God. Isn't that crazy? It's exactly what we're doing here today. The United States of America, a country that was founded on God and his word, are doing the very same thing, which proves once again that we seem to learn absolutely nothing from history. But getting back here to where the people found themselves in our text today, uh, there would have been never a Palm Sunday celebration if a certain event had not taken place some 33 years earlier. And that's when God gave them a flash of hope. 
But God only gave that flash of hope 33 years earlier to just a few witnesses, for no one expected it to happen. In fact, it happened on just some ordinary night. That is, until the sky lit up as a heavenly messenger came from heaven to a lowly group of outcasts and kicked down to the curb shepherds, people that the world had considered as an unsavory crowd of uneducated gypsies. Yet for them, the sky lit up like it was daytime, and this lowly group of shepherds witnessed an angel surrounded by a heavenly host proclaiming the glory of God. This is what they said. It's recorded in Luke 2.10. They said, I bring you good news of a great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men, with whom he is pleased. Yes, only a few recognized what God was doing there 33 years earlier than what we have here with Jesus riding into Jerusalem on what we know as Palm Sunday. But for the most part, life went on as usual. That is, again, until 30 years later. That's when a guy named John the Baptist came onto the scene. He was so different from any other so-called prophet of God. All the imposters and wannabes who had come and went by the wayside, selling themselves as, you know, being sent from God. Yet John the Baptist was so unique. He came onto the scene dressed in an outfit made of camel's hair with a leather belt wrapped around his waist. He also had a rather bizarre diet. It consisted of locusts and wild honey. But understand, he wasn't some new freak show. He came at a time just like ours here today, a time when people were looking for hope. They were looking for a real and a true meaning of life. They were wondering what their purpose was and why they were suffering under the heavy hand of the Roman Empire. Yes, their life was filled with hardship. Their life was filled with difficulties. It sounds like so many here today who are struggling with some of those very same questions that they were struggling with back in this day. Maybe as you look around you today, where you work, where you live, where you do your life in the sphere of your life, and you see the wheels coming off here in America, where our country is going down a path of progressiveness, where there are no rights and no wrongs. People seem to do whatever they think is right in their own eyes. Today, anything goes. Boys can be girls. Girls can be boys. Anybody can protest and burn cities to the ground, unless, of course, you're a conservative. It's not right for you. We have deemed the police as not necessary, and we have made many prison reforms, giving many rights to the criminal now. But while giving the rights to the criminal, we have been forsaking those who have been ravaged by the criminals. And now, just months into these new reforms and defunding the police, Crime has skyrocketed in our major cities like two, three hundred percent. Crazy. It's to levels that we have never seen in our lifetime. 
Where will it end? Well, it's going to end the same place that every other nation ends that takes God out of their culture and their society, just like what happened to God's chosen people here in Jesus' day. Maybe you're starting to see that life as we know it is pretty unpredictable and full of uncertainties. Remember, God measures our lives. He measures your life and my life much differently than we do. For God measures us simply by what we do. For he sees everything about us. He sees all the nice and the good things you do, all the things that you do that are well-pleasing. But he also, unfortunately for us, sees the bad things that we do and all the naughty things as well. In fact, the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 7.20, Indeed, there is not a righteous man or a woman on earth who continually does good and never sins. And this is why it's such an important part as we go into this Easter weekend that we really think about who can we invite to an Easter service with us. You know, people are freaked out about everything that's happened. It's the whole COVID pandemic. We're a mask. We're two masks. We're three masks. You know, it's like, did you get your vaccination? Which one are you going to get? Is there a tracker inside of it? There are so many things that are going on right now, and people are just like, oh, my goodness. When are we ever going to get back to normal? Is there ever going to be a normal again? Is there something more to this life than what I'm seeing? Is there something more than what I'm living? Is this how it's going to be from this point on? Listen, there is never a time in all of our human history that people are like freaked out and don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. There's been all kinds of times, I guess you could say, like this in history, World War I, World War II, Civil War, going back way before that, rise and fall of nations and governments, you know, all of these things. But now it's happening to America, where we thought we were rock solid. Well, maybe not so rock solid anymore. Look at what's happening around us. That's why this Easter is an Easter where the true believer needs more than ever to rise up in this time and think about who can you invite to an Easter service. Listen, we're going to have three Easter services this Sunday, one at 830 in the morning one at 10.30 a.m., and then we're going to have another one at 6.30 p.m. Now, all of you that listen to us on the radio on the East Coast, I invite you to tell people to download our free app so they can watch our live stream message in their home, on their phone, on their tablet, on their computer. So you can get them to download our app at the App Store, Core Church Los Angeles, or just tell them to go to corechurchla.org. But you're three hours ahead, so our 8.30 service is, you know, of course, it's 11.30 for you. Our 10.30 service is 1.30 p.m., and our 6.30 p.m. service is 9.30 for you on the East Coast. But for those of you that are around here in Southern California, if you're within an hour of us, why don't you drive? Why don't you go pick someone up? Why don't you start inviting people now and come to our Easter service as we look at the Scripture itself, that we don't hide anything, that we bring out the truth, and we preach the the gospel and give people an opportunity to come to know Christ as their Savior so they can have hope in this fallen world that we live in. Listen, I encourage you to do that. Don't let this opportunity go by. Do you know what they say? They say that if a good friend, a good friend or a relative invites someone to church and they're willing to go pick them up or meet them there or what have you, that 50% of the people will say yes. Why don't you use that influence on a good friend, a family member, 
And why don't you invite them to church? Don't let this opportunity be missed here. Listen, people are more open to going to church on Christmas and Easter than any other time. And I think after one full year, we're over a year of the lockdown of COVID. I think people are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Please, if you're a believer, don't miss this opportunity. If you don't know the Lord, please check us out so you can hear the gospel message. That's at corechurchla.org. Anyway, getting back to our message here. Yes, Jesus came to this world for one reason. He came to bear the sin of all humanity on his own body. Jesus desires a relationship with us. Not a religious relationship, a personal relationship. And before you get done hearing this radio program today, you're going to have an opportunity to embrace the hope that Jesus has given you. Yes, that's why people were attracted, though, to John the Baptist when he first came on the scene, because John the Baptist came with a passionate message of hope from God. People could see it in his eyes. And what was his message? The message of John the Baptist. It's the same message that you and me as believers have today. It's repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. People came out to the wilderness to hear John the Baptist. His message cut deep into their sin-filled hearts, and many thought that John the Baptist was actually the long-awaited Messiah himself. But John denied that claim. He said in Luke 3.16, he says, As for me, I baptize you with water, but one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie the thong on his sandal. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John said that Jesus must increase and he would decrease. Now, it seems so weird when he said that because literally thousands were coming out to see him. But that's exactly what happened. And for three years after Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, Jesus preached the gospel to the people. He did great signs and wonders. This is why the people in Jerusalem were now crying out after three years of his ministry, Hosanna, Hosanna. Now, Hosanna means save now, Lord. And Jesus is now allowing the people to literally recognize who he truly was that he was the Messiah, that he was the Savior of the world. Do you remember how Jesus, would he would heal someone that was born blind, and he would tell them, oh, uh, don't tell anyone what happened? Like, oh, yeah, I was born blind, and it's 40 years later, and now I can see, and I'm not going to say anything. I mean, you're thinking, like, why would Jesus tell someone after a great miracle, don't tell them? It's like, because he never wanted the miracle— to overshadow the reason that he came. He came so that me and you could know him as our Savior. He came to preach the gospel, and he did. Remember back in John chapter 3? He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Yes, Jesus Christ, the God-man, the creator of the universe, came to this world for one reason, and that was to die for his creation. And it was written of him coming throughout the entire 
Old Testament. Yes, God was doing a great work, and he wanted people to know that he came so that people could be saved, that people could have their sin forgiven, that people could be set free from their past and all the guilt and the shame that was written in their lives. Because you have to remember, everything that we've done is recorded in heaven. In fact, the very verse that actually drove me to Christ the very verse was in Luke twelve three, and it says there, everything that you have said in the dark will be heard in the light, and everything that you've whispered in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops of heaven. Now listen, did you understand what that said? Because for some reason, when this person was telling me about Jesus, I wasn't listening to them at all. I was completely blowing it off. But for whatever reason, and I have to just attribute this to the Holy Spirit of God, when they said that verse, I was listening to every word of it. And I said, what? Everything I've done in the dark, everything I've done in secret is going to be shouted on the rooftop in heaven one day? Because I knew, even though on the outside I looked like a good little boy, I was doing some bad things in the secret, in the dark places where nobody else saw. I was doing bad things, and I knew I was guilty of sin. Do you understand that? Do you understand that every bad thing, not just the persona that you give to someone else, You know, it says in Psalm 139 that God looks at us, that he searches us. You could say that he looks right through us because that word search means that he explores us. He penetrates who we are on the outside. So you could have this wonderful exterior. Everyone thinks you're such a sweet person. But God knows who you are on the inside. And he knows what you've done in secret. And you're going to have to answer to that. Listen, when I heard that as an 18-year-old, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going to get roasted. I'm going to be, you know, thrown in the pit of hell. You know, it's like because I knew I was guilty. Listen, don't fool yourself. You could be a good person, maybe better than most around you. But God knows that you have dark areas in your life. And he wants to forgive you. But are you willing to admit that you've sinned? See, this is the message that John the Baptist had. This is the message that Jesus had. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. What does that mean? Repent of your sins. Say that you're sorry. Come to God for forgiveness because you're going to stand before God one day. Some people might be listening to the radio and say, Pastor, I don't believe that. When you die, that's it. You just go in the grave. You're just worm food. That's it. Well, guess what? You're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. The Bible says that you will stand before God, that you will be judged. Yes, this body, you're right. It will decompose. But you, your spirit, will live forever, and you will stand before God. It says it's appointed for every man and woman to die once, and after this comes judgment. You will stand before God. I don't care what you think. I don't care if you deny it. You're going to stand before God, and if you don't have Jesus in your life, if your sin is not forgiven, you will be judged and cast into a place of everlasting fire. You think, well, how could a God of love do that? What do you mean, how could a God of love do that? He came to this world to die for you so that you don't have to die. But if you'd like to get right with God today, and you're willing to say, God, I'm sorry for my sin, guess what? God will forgive you. You can have your sin forgiven. Everything can be washed away, and you can have the assurance of going to heaven. And if that's you, and you'd like to pray that prayer, I'd like to lead you in that prayer right now. So you pray this. You want your sin forgiven? You want to know you're going to heaven? You pray this, meet it in your heart, and God will hear you. 
Pray this now. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe you died for me and that you were buried. But I believe that you rose again from the dead. Oh, Lord, come inside of me. Do a work in my heart. Be my Lord. Be my God. Be my Savior. And be my friend. In Jesus' name. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I'd like to send you a Bible. Now, look, this isn't just a regular Bible. It's got a ton of notes in it. And on the up front, it really talks about what you just did by asking Christ in and how to walk with him. You can call me at 323-807-3255. That's 323-807-3255. Or you can just email me at Bible at CoreChurchLA.com. That's pretty easy, isn't it? Bible at CoreChurchLA.com. Just mail me your name and your address, and we'll get one out in the mail to you as our free gift to you. And we're so excited if you just made that commitment. So may the Lord God bless you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. 